right, well, good morning once again. Grateful to be back with you guys. My wife and I were out of town on vacation for a couple of weeks and is super grateful to be able to do that and and not think about you guys. <clears throat> I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in the fact that I didn't have to worry that things were going to fall apart or you know things were going to go sideways because I knew that the church, this church anyway, is not built around one person or one personality. We have a plurality of elders here for a reason, and I'm grateful for that. We have deacons that serve selflessly, and I'm just grateful for the way in which this church continues to move forward, regardless of what's happening around us. So thank you for that. And, you know, one of our other elders here is Mike, and um, he's kind of holding the fort down with preaching the last couple of weeks and months, and I'm grateful for that too. And he probably thought he's going to get away with, uh, yeah, give give him a round of applause. Sure, why not? He thought he was going to get away with uh, without me acknowledging that it's his birthday. So happy birthday, Pastor Mike. You're awesome. Audrey paid me to say that, so <laughs> consider that your birthday present. So we've been going through this series, if you haven't been with us, where we're taking words or phrases that we find in the Christian life um, that are either misunderstood or we assume that people know what we mean when we say X, Y, or Z. Um, And so we take that and then we attempt to shed some light on those particular topics. And so the one I want to look at today that we're going to briefly walk through is quiet time. Oh, I'm going to have my quiet time. Cool. What does that mean? What, What is a quiet time? I don't want to assume that we all know that. And this is not a message to convince you that having a quiet time is a good thing. I think we all know that it's a good thing, don't we? I hope, it is my hope, that each of us is going to grow in our understanding of the value and significance of quiet time and how we can develop that time with the Lord. And so if you know me, you know I love to ask questions. And so we're going to ask a couple of things this morning to help walk through this. So here are some of the questions we're going to ask concerning quiet time. Why does it matter? Why does our quiet time matter? Why is it difficult sometimes to do it on a regular basis? What might a quiet time look like? And then I got a bonus question at the end that we'll we'll hit as we get there. So let me pray, ask for the Lord's help, and we'll dive in. So Father God, we thank you, Lord, for, again, this day. Thankful for the fact that we can be outside and enjoy your your incredible weather that you provided for us today and thank you for the cool breeze and and the fact that god you're present here that we don't need a building we don't need a structure a location um, that is designated as a church god you are with your people wherever they are and we've experienced that over these last several years uh, through covid and god you've sustained us and we're so grateful for that now we want to turn our hearts now to you and understand god with greater significance and, and weight what it means to be alone with you to have time with you the significance of that, the value of it, God, and how we can best steward our time as followers of you, Jesus. So pray. I pray that you would help us, God, minimize distractions and give us uh, ears and hearts to hear and listen and apply. We ask for your help now in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, if you're listening and you hear something or you don't hear something and you want to ask a question, you can text your questions to the number that is in the digital bulletin, then Mike and I will come up here at the end. We'll attempt to answer some of those questions 
even though we're outside and it's a family service, we still want to provide that opportunity for you. So the number is in the digital bulletin, pillarsoside.com, if you want to ask a question there. So let me start off by just offering a very, very basic, broad definition so we're all kind of on the, the same page of what we're looking at in terms of quiet time. So here, here's my attempt. It's intentional daily interaction with Jesus through prayer and the word, which strengthens your relationship and leads to obedience. Intentional daily interaction with Jesus through prayer and the word, which strengthens your relationship and leads to obedience. Again, big picture here. That's kind of what I'm looking at. So, First question, why it matters. Why, why does our quiet time matter? I want you to think about your best friend in, in the entire world. Think about that person who knows you inside and out. Could be somebody from high school, could be somebody from your 20s or 30s, or somebody that you're doing life with right now. You, do you have that picture person, that person pictured in your mind? Got him right there? Okay. What is was your favorite thing to do together with that person? G give me some, some activities. Eat. Go to Disneyland. Play golf. Read the Bible. Compete? Is that what you said? Yeah. Like, okay, sports and things like that. Cool. Anything else? Watch movies. Pray or play? Pray together. Okay, Julie coming at me with all the spiritual things. I appreciate that, Julie. I love you. Favorite things? No, I'm, I'm with you. That's good stuff. Um, I was a fairly rotten teenager, so I can't disclose all of the things that I did with my best friend. But I can tell you one of our old pastimes was listening to music, something that my friend Kevin and I did all the time. Whether it was sitting in one of our rooms or driving all over our hometown, we spent hours and hours and hours together listening to music. We were both musicians, and that's just something that we did. We actually bonded over our time listening to music, and we asked questions and communicated in our own special way through music. But as you think of that person and that relationship, how much time have you spent together with your really good friends? It's a significant amount of time, right? What did it take to develop that relationship? And what benefit of having developed this relationship? What are the benefits? What do you get out of the relationship that you have spent time investing in? Just give, give me some things about the benefits of having that friend or two that you've really gotten to know and that you're, you're really, really close and tight. What are some benefits of that relationship? Give me some thoughts. Trust. Trust. You can count on them. Joy. Joy. What else? Sharing struggles, Sharing struggles together. Support. support. Yeah, those are all words that I wrote down as well. Trust, support, love. You have you have a confidant, some of a sort of a sounding board. You get reliability. I wouldn't say even strength and encouragement. These things matter to us, don't they? As we live out our lives, life is difficult. So to have somebody in your corner that's walking with you in those things and you have these benefits, that's a wonderful thing. So I may ask you, is is it any different in, in spiritual things, particularly in your relationship with Jesus? Don't we need all those same kind of things from a spiritual standpoint? You're developing a relationship. Think of it as that way. As your relationship 
deepens and grows, your faith in Jesus increases, right? Your desire to spend more time with him actually grows. And as you do that, you sense more of his love, his strength, his encouragement, all those kinds of things that we just talked about with our good friends, we experience to a deeper, more significant level with Christ. And what is the most significant way that we develop our relationship with Jesus? Time. Spending time with him. And in the process, we got to realize this. Jesus is after your heart. He is after your heart. So in this quiet time endeavor, be devoted to the Lord. Don't be devoted to the discipline of quiet time. There's a difference. Be devoted to the Lord, not to the discipline of quiet time. It's not an obligation. At least it shouldn't be, right? It's not an obligation to spend time with the Lord. It's a privilege. In other words, it's not study for the sake of for the sake of study. It's not a few minutes of prayer so I can get on with my day. Now we got to focus our hearts and our minds during the time that we do have with Him, with the intention of learning more about who God really is and developing the relationship with Him. Make sense so far? Okay. Another reason why time with Jesus matters is because our goal is to become more like Him, right? We want to become more like Him and less like ourselves. And Jesus was a doer while he was on this planet, wasn't he? He loved people. He was constantly serving and meeting needs. So if our desire is to use our quiet time to develop our relationship with Jesus, then part of our goal is to become more like him. How many of you want to become more like Jesus? Okay. Often when Jesus went away to be alone with the Lord, it had to do with serving other people. Let me give you a few examples. Again, if you have your Bible or Bible app, flip over to Luke 5. We're going to start in Luke 5. Just take a couple examples from the scriptures about this kind of thing. Luke chapter 5, we're looking at verses 15 and 16. So it says, Luke 5, 15 and 16, But now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray okay so the word is getting out jesus is doing all these amazing things people are coming to him and then we see him withdrawing to desolate places and praying cool we knew that i think but let's look at matthew 14 matthew 14 22 and 23 Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Okay, so he's doing some ministry. Um, what ministry had he just been doing? He fed the 5,000. So now he's going to get alone with the Lord and pray, with, with the Father and pray. All right, one more, Mark. Mark 1. Mark 1, 35-38. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him. They said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. 
So from these few examples, we see that Jesus would often spend quiet time alone with God. And for that reason alone, that Jesus did it, is reason for us to do it as well. Right? We want to follow in his example. But as I noted, his time with, with the Heavenly Father had other purpose as well. And one of those reasons was serving people. Right? From these three examples, he was either just finishing serving people or he was getting ready to go and serve and minister to people. And Jesus relied on his time with the Father to do those things well while he was on this earth. And this I, this has been one of the most significant takeaways for me as I was just kind of preparing and reading through some of the scriptures. This idea that part of my purpose in spending time with the Lord every day is to more consistently and more effectively serve others. Have you ever thought of your quiet time as that? As being positioned and prepared to more effectively serve other people? Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? But to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is who Jesus was. This is big, big part of his ministry was to serve other people, to meet physical needs that then turned in the opportunity to meet spiritual needs. So a big part of our quiet time is preparing us to do just that more effectively. Yes, you are developing your relationship with the Lord and you're growing in the ways that I described, but it doesn't end there. In my mind, as I study this out, the culmination of our quiet time is application in our daily lives in the ways that Jesus lived. And the best way that we can serve others is by being more like Jesus, being patient and selfless and humble and compassionate, the things that he was. And the best way that we can be more like Jesus is to spend more time with him. Okay, I think that's enough on the first question about why it matters. It's significant, it's an important, and it has a greater purpose than just sitting with the Lord. That's a beautiful thing, and that's a good thing, and we should, we should desire to spend time with him. But it's more than just that. It's an equipping for living the life that he's called us to live. Okay, so why is it so difficult sometimes to do this on a regular basis? How many of you have struggled with having a consistent and meaningful quiet time with the Lord? Just put those hands up real high. Every one of us should have our hands in the air, I think. Why? <laughs> Why do you suppose that is? Why is it so hard sometimes to have a consistent, meaningful, quiet time with the Lord? Give me some answers. Distractions. Distractions. It's a decision. It's a decision. It is. You're at work. You're at work? Busy? At work? Okay. Kids. Kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Any other reasons? It's difficult. Lazy. Okay, we got two from the corners, from the from the bookends of the of the group. We got laziness. Okay, here's some words that I wrote down. Yes, busy. We heard that. Lazy, distracted, wrong priorities. We're just going through the motions. Maybe we're even mad at God, or we just don't want to. <laughs> the reality is there are a lot of different reasons why it's difficult and we struggle to maintain a consistent and meaningful quiet time. But I'd like to offer one specific reason that I think encompasses all the others. We don't see the value in it. We don't see the value in it. I'm hoping that's changed a little bit from the first question of why it matters. And we can see some more of the value and the importance of our daily time with God. But think about almost every other activity in your life. Everything that you give yourself to. Especially things that take time and effort. If you don't see value in it, chances are you're not going to do it. 
You've got so many other things to give yourself to. If it's not worth your time or you don't see value in it, you're just not going to do it. And so one of the many takeaways for us today by way of follow-up after this morning is to really consider how we view time spent with the Lord. What value do we truly see in it and what might we need to change in our hearts and our perspectives in order to shift our view if that's necessary? Now, I'll say there is definitely credibility to the idea that the enemy, Satan, is working against us to keep us from having this quiet time. Is he not? We know that. Several scriptures talk about that. 1 Peter 5 says that the enemy is prowling around like a what? A roaring lion seeking to devour. Like he's on the offensive trying to take us out. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to do three things. To steal, kill, and destroy. These things are not good and they're not helpful to our quiet time. Yes, the enemy is trying to keep us from doing these things. But I think it can become an easy excuse if we're not careful and honest with ourselves. Almost as if we remove some of the responsibility and obligation that we have and just lay it at the feet of the enemy. Oh, the enemy's just distracting me. You know, we take the onus off of ourselves and put it uh, on something else. Another reason that it can be difficult is it takes work and it can be difficult, especially in the beginning. Let's just be real. If you've not established this rhythm in your life and you've not seen firsthand the value in it, man, it's tough to get going. And there's a lot of different parallels we can use about going to the gym or starting a new discipline in your life. But that's one of the reasons I started out the message with the concept of developing a relationship that has meaning and value to you. Because most of us, if not all of us, have experienced the joy and beauty of a mature friendship. And while relationships are messy at times and require constant effort and attention, the good and healthy ones are always worth it. And as difficult as it may be in varying seasons of our lives, time alone with God on a daily basis is always worth it. Yes, it can be difficult. And we have a lot of distractions competing for our attention. But what value do you see in this quiet time with the Lord? Okay, question number three. What, what could it look like? What could our quiet time look like? I, I've talked with people over the years about what their routine looks like. What does it look like daily for them to sit down with the Lord and, and have what we call a quiet time? And, and I'm going to give you a basic overview of some things that may apply to you. But I want to give you some key elements that I think are critical to having a meaningful quiet time. Things that are involved are your heart, the word, and prayer all leading to obedience. Your heart, the word prayer, leading to obedience. Let me say up front that the amount of time that you give to this is not nearly as important as the quality of the time spent. I said it once and I'll say it again. Jesus ultimately wants your heart. He doesn't necessarily want your calendar. But like with most things in the Christian life, the more of our hearts that God gets, the more of ourselves we give to him to include more of our time. I'm going to say that one more time because the Lord just dropped it on my heart the other day. The more of our heart God gets, the more of ourselves we give to him. He's after your heart, not your calendar, not your time, not all these kinds of things. So start with your heart and prepare it 
for this important time. Be in a place and a position where you can be still, be quiet, and be intentional. And I realize that's a challenge. I heard one of the the distractions that we have is kids. (laughs) Absolutely, I totally get that. But try to understand that the, 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 the posture of our heart is critical to a significant quiet time. You know, prayer and the word often go hand in hand. And sometimes I, um, I, I just take the book written by a guy named Donald Whitney called Praying the Bible, and I just use that. Have you ever heard that book, Donald Whitney's Praying the Bible? Okay, so I'm just going to give you an example real quick from Psalm 8. So this is literally where you just you turn to a scripture and you read until something catches your attention. read until something catches your attention and then you stop and you pray I'll get there eventually Psalm 8 okay so here's an example of what this might look like Psalm 8 verse 1 says our Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth you've set your glory above all the heavens I read that and I go Lord, your name is so majestic. It's so amazing. I'm so grateful that your name is set above every other name. It's set above all things in all the universe. And I pray until I run out of things to say, and then I go back to the word. Verse 2, out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because you're foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Lord, I thank you that your strength is greater than every enemy and every foe that we face. Your word tells us that, that, that when I am weak, you are strong, and your strength is all that I need. I go until nothing else comes to my mind, and then I keep reading. When I look to your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you've set in place, you get the idea, right? You're reading the word, and then you're responding in prayer to it. It, it doesn't necessarily matter. Context in, in the scriptures matter, right? I get that. But when you're reading and praying like this, you're just responding to how the scriptures are affecting your heart. So that, that's one way that prayer and the word go together. So if you're looking for some new ways to, to, to encounter the Lord through this kind of quiet time, this is an op- option. Another thing is, you know, some of us need structure in our prayer time. And we've talked about this before. You can use a lot of different techniques. One of them is using the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, like the book of Acts. Um, how many of you are familiar with that? Several of you are. There's actually a paper on the book table that kind of walks it out, but I'll just briefly walk through it if you're looking for some more structure in your quiet time. So the A in Acts, anybody know what the A stands for? Stands for adoration. That means you're just going to spend a little bit of time talking to God about how good he is. You're going to pick some attribute of God. He's faithful. He's just. He's loving. He's a provider. He's creative. Whatever that particular thing or things are, and you just spend some time adoring God for who he is. Right? So you start with your heart positioned, directed toward God and the, and the beautiful, wonderful things that he is. The C is confession. Here's a time where you're just being honest with the Lord of the way in which you have fallen short. We, we all know that we fall short every day many times a day, right? And we all know that God knows every bit of it. <laughs> but just like any other relationship that you've developed, when you try to hold things back or you hide things, 
man, that, that's never going to develop in a kind of unity and closeness and intimacy that we need in our relationships. So we confess. We just straight up, Lord, I, I blew it. Here's where I messed it up. Would you just forgive me? You clear your heart. T, thanksgiving. I'm convinced more and more as I read the New Testament how important and significant thanksgiving is to the Lord. Constantly as you read through the New Testament, there's this attitude of thanksgiving. Constantly giving thanks in all things. And this is not something that a lot of, of Christians have developed, I would say. Right? You ask people, what are you thankful for today? And they kind of just look at you. <laughs> what are you thankful to? What has the Lord done in your, this, in your life this week? And there's just kind of this awkward pause sometimes. We need to develop our thanksgiving. If we believe what the doxology says and we, we read things that say, praise God from whom all blessings flow, everything that we have is from him, we should have all kinds of things to be thankful for, right? So we spend some time just thanking God for specific things in our lives. And then S is supplication, a fancy word of just asking. Notice that that's the last thing that we do. Oftentimes when we pray, we just go before the Lord with a list of things. All these things that we need, all of them probably good things and right things, but I think it matters in the approach of having adoration and confession and thanksgiving. Then we bring things to the Lord and we ask on behalf of others and ourselves before the Lord. So that's that's another example, ACTS. You can read the Word and reflect and meditate on it. How many of you meditate on the Word of God? How many of you have no idea what I'm talking about? We think of like this meditation as this weird thing like, oh, are you talking about like yoga? What's happening? Mindfulness kind of thing. Meditate on the Word really literally just means sitting with it and reflecting on it. You read a verse like we did kind of the the prayer response to it, but you just pray. I'm sorry, you read the scriptures and you just sit with it. Maybe you read it over and over and over again. Maybe you just ask yourself questions. What does this mean? What does this specific verse mean? What does this word mean? You let it just sit and just sort of marinate in your heart and your spirit. How do I apply this to my life? And you're not, your mind is not all these other places and you're not thinking about what's next, what am I going to pray next. You're just, you are giving yourself to these verses that you're reading right now. You're just meditating on it. You're sitting on it. You're allowing it to impact your life and your heart. Sounds simplistic. That's a real way that you can encounter and develop your relationship with the Lord. Um, you can read long passages for continuity. Sometimes I'll just read a chapter or two. I'm not going deep, but I just want I want to go broad and, and see what the, the, the whole of the, of the chapter or the, of the, the book has to say. Sometimes you go real deep where you're just looking at one verse and you're picking it apart. You're like, what does this word mean? And, you know, you're going deep into it. Uh, there's a great book called The Habits of Grace that gives the example, the parallel of, of, of raking and digging. When you rake a big area and trying to get all these leaves up, the point is not to go deep. It's just to cover a wide area to uncover some things. But when you dig, you're going deep. The intention is to go down and, and discover something in the Word. And so both of those things are appropriate, and they're both useful. So you can add that to your list as well. Just a few ideas if you're looking for ways to start or deepen your time with the Lord. And, and, and we develop a deeper relationship with the Lord and getting to know him more intimately through these various practices. That, that's what ultimately it looks like in our lives. And perhaps you've already caught it already, but I've intentionally used a word to describe the frequency of this time. It's daily. Daily time. 
with the God with God. How much time is not as important as some time every day. Okay, last question, and we'll wrap up. Bonus question, which is actually probably the most important question. What are you going to do today to improve your quiet time with the Lord? If we're all believers here, or we're seeking a relationship with Jesus, we, we, we know that we should have a quiet time, and we want to probably improve that quiet time. So what are we going to do? I would say start with the question I posed earlier. What, the, what value do I see in daily time with the Lord? What does it mean to you? What's the significance of it? Get that issue cleared up in your heart and in your mind so that you can give yourself to something that matters to you. I think patterns and rhythms are necessary for consistency. Like we should have something set. So maybe you need to set a specific time every day. Say, at this time, I'm going to do this. Maybe you need an outline of what your time with the Lord is going to look like. Do you need to add or take something away from the routine that you have? Is there an element of obedience and being a more consistent doer of the word as a regular experience in your life as a result of your quiet time with the Lord? Now, listen, I know that all of us are in different seasons of our lives and, and what we do will vary greatly, right? We've got young moms, we've got single moms because of deployed spouses, we've got all kinds of different seasons of life with work and with school and yeah we're all over the map with that and i totally understand that but keep in mind life stage does not negate our need for a quiet time it just might look a little different so consider these key elements and how you might grow in your time with the lord and that is your heart the word and prayer all leading to obedience Friends, my, my heart today would be just all of us consider what our quiet time looks like and how we can encourage even one another by asking simple questions. Part of what we do in the family of God is encourage one another, and I don't think we ask ourselves those questions enough. What are you reading right now in the Word? What is, what is the Lord doing in your life? How are you struggling? These questions matter. These are the kinds of things that family members who care about each other ask one another. So part of this is in community as well. You know, we're going to start up our small groups again um, soon, but but that does that's not the only reason to get together is just because we have life group on a Friday night, right? It's not the only reason to have a discipleship group to ask the hard questions of one another, right? This is who we are. This is what we do, and we encourage one another. So uh, yeah, just consider those things if you would this week in your own quiet time, and if you have questions about that, you you have. Really, you're just like, I have no way, no idea where to start. I've never done this before. Or you might say, man, I've been doing the same thing for years, and I've just, I'm not getting anything out of it. Man, just ask. Ask somebody who maybe looks like they, they're a little bit further along in the faith, or, or myself, or Mike, or it doesn't matter who you ask. Just ask somebody that we might be able to walk with you alongside that. Sound good? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy that's new every morning. God, we praise you for the fact that you you desire for us to be in community with you, in a relationship with you, the creator of the universe. God, you spoke it to existence and, and you uphold it by the word of your power, and yet you know us intimately and you desire our hearts. And so, Lord, as we consider what our time 
daily looks like with you, would you help each one here to consider how we might grow that time, deepen that time, expand that time, do something, Lord, no matter how insignificant it may seem, Lord, if we're moving toward a more deep relationship with you, it's worth it. So I pray, God, that each one of us would do that. And I thank you so much for your mercy and your love. God, we praise you. Thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, will you stand with us while we worship?